0: to connect with God in your life. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. We're going to continue our series that we started last week entitled The Ghost. And uh, what are we talking about? The Ghost. Um, Here we come up on Halloween, and so people are actually thinking about this type of stuff, and so we thought we would just use that title. Um, But what we're really talking about, and the Bible does... Um, actually reference the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, as the ghost, okay? And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the Holy Ghost, all right? We're not going to be talking about the ghosts, come on, that come out and scare little children or even adults like you and me. Come on, how many of you guys sleep with the light on? Be honest. My wife confessed to me. Um, when I, she goes, every time you're gone, I sleep with the light on. She just confessed this to me about, about a month ago, and uh, we've been married for 13 years, and I was like, I knew it. You know, and uh, so don't be ashamed if you sleep with the lights on. It's okay, but you don't have to because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The third person of the Godhead. And uh, we believe, according to the Bible, that right now is the hour, the time of the Holy Spirit. That God the Father is in heaven. Uh, The Bible clearly tells us that when Jesus died on the cross, that he went into heaven. He's now seated at the right hand of God the Father, living to make intercession for you and for me. And we learned last week out of John that it's the Holy Spirit now that's working to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and the judgment that's to come. In other words, right now, when we begin to say, oh, I feel God right now, yes, we are, but we're feeling God, the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and you can feel Him in moments like this when you're in the middle of worship. You can feel Him in your prayer times. It is the Holy Spirit that is working in you, for you, and through you right now. Acts 1, starting in verse, we're going to read 4 and 5, and then we'll jump to 8. And it says this in While staying with them, this is Jesus, while Jesus was staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. Why? Because there's something coming. He said, but wait for the promise of the Father. He said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. We're going to talk about what that means in just a minute. So Jesus is saying this, hey guys, um, you know, I, I'm going to ascend to heaven. I'm going to be seated at the right hand of God the Father, but don't, don't go anywhere. I want you to stay right here, and I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit, okay? And then in verse 8 it says this, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, um, that God, you would speak to us out of your word. God, we would, our faith would increase. God, our situations would begin to change because you're in the equation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, how many would, uh, how many would say, that you're sitting here today, that you've, you've looked at somebody else and you've looked at their life and it just looks like they have more spiritual power than you do. Okay? One of you and me. All right. You've looked at somebody like, wow, they got, they got spiritual power. You know, maybe you maybe you look up here sometimes and, and you think, wow, Pastor Ben's got, got spiritual power. Okay? Or maybe someone else that's been, you know, around you know the word more or whatever. Or or maybe it's you look at someone's prayer life, okay? Because we we sit out with this challenge, we said for the next 30 days, we're gonna pray for 30 minutes a day. And some of you are like, oh my gosh. 30 minutes? I mean, where am I going to come up with 30 minutes out of 24 hours, right? I don't know. You know, and it was just this big stretch for you, and you're like, 30, 30 minutes. But you look at somebody else's prayer life, and you're like, wow, they have a more powerful prayer life than I do. Anybody know anybody like that? They just have a more powerful, powerful prayer life than I do. Or, or, Or maybe when things go wrong, you look at somebody else's life, and maybe they're walking through the same situation that you are, but they're not shaken by it, but you're shaken by it. You've seen them, and something happened in their life, and you're like, man, why, why aren't they shaking? But man, you know, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really feeling it, okay? Or, or maybe, it's the, maybe it's this type of person that, that no matter what you're going through, they just always have a verse for everything. God bless those people, okay? And it's just like they can quote scripture about every circumstance and situation, right? They probably would have had a, a, a scripture for the sound issues we were having this morning, you know? And they would have quoted it, and they all would have been solved, Right? You all know those people? They can just quote scripture, and it just seems like, man, they, they, just, got, they just got more, more scripture. The, it just seems that, that, that literally they have more power than you. Okay? I've, I've seen those people. And I've, I've looked at it, and, and you know what? You know why it, it seems that way? Because they do have more power than you do. I know, you are probably sitting there hoping, yes, explain this to me. I don't want to feel like I have less power than they do. I mean, I'm a good person too, and and I love Jesus, and I read the Bible, and I pray. And y- y- no, they really do have more power than you. That's why their prayers seem more powerful. That's why they can quote more scripture. That's why they're not shaken in the middle of circumstances that you are, are shaken in. And when you look at them, it's like, well, that's not fair. It looks like they have more power. They do have more power than you, okay? But it's okay because that same power that you see in them is available to you and I as well. Okay? Acts 1.8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You. Notice it didn't put a person's name there. It just It's speaking to you. That you can have that power. That the power of the Holy Spirit can be upon your life. The power of the Holy Spirit can be in your, your business. The power of the Holy Spirit can be in your marriage. The power of the Holy Spirit can come upon you and you would be that one that now people are looking at saying, wow, they just quote scripture about everything. Right? You can have that. I remember uh, our second house that we bought and I actually shared a little bit about it last week. And uh, the second house we bought... Um, uh, when we walked into this house, I knew it was the house for us. Okay? This is the one I was talking about last week. My wife was like, this is not the house. It was bad. I mean, it needed, it needed a little TLC. Um, by a little TLC, um, I mean a lot of TLC, okay? a little tender, loving care. It needed some hard work, and, and Terry um, was the one that helped us get that house, and, uh, and she remembers it probably. It needed some help. But I saw the potential in it, and so, uh, man, we looked, at, it. I said, we're going to get this thing, and this is the house I told you about, that like 40 days later, we refinanced it, pulled like 50 grand out, and just were able to remodel this thing and make it look beautiful. Well, um, we didn't have enough money to hire people to make it look beautiful, and so we manipulated people to help us out. Stop calling, that's the time you call on your friends. That's when you find out who your real friends are, Right. When you're in a job like that. And so one of the things we wanted to do is we wanted to rip up all of, now if you have linoleum, linoleum in your house, God bless you. I don't really prefer linoleum. And so, and this linoleum especially, it was, it was yeah, not that, you're right, not that linoleum. And so we're going to tear this up. And I'm like, how hard could it be to remove linoleum, right? Can't be that hard. My God. <laughs> that was one hard deal. And so we start tearing up the linoleum and we get all linoleum up and we have the guy come over um, to, uh, to, to put down the, the new floor for us. and He comes over and he's like, this isn't going to work. And I'm like, what do you mean? We pulled up linoleum. He goes, yes, you got the plastic part up, but see all that paper? You need to get that off as well. And I'm like, okay, how are we going to do that? He's like, I don't know, just figure it out, Go, you know. And so we try to it's not coming off. And so one of my friends says, you know what you need to do? You know, get a scraper. Get a scraper. And so I'm thinking a little handheld deal, man. <laughs> Lucky enough, at Home Depot, I said, I need a scrape. Oh, here's what you need. And they give me this tool, and, uh, and man, about five minutes into that job, I realized that it's going to take me a year, come on somebody, to scrape that floor, okay? I start scraping, and this was probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever, I wanted to cry. It was probably, probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever done in my life. I mean, we were taking turns. I'd go for one minute, my wife would go for five. I'd go for one minute, my wife would go for five. And uh, we were just scraping. And I mean, it was a, there was a lot of linoleum in this house, <laughs> And, and it was just, you know, the kitchen, this area, I mean, it was just a lot. And I remember I'm scraping, and uh, another guy comes by that's going to help with the floor, and I'm in there, man, I'm scraping. Matter of fact, I started out with no gloves, and by, by, by hour, you know, 30 minutes actually, and I was like, my hands hurt, I need, to get some, I need to get some gloves, and so we finally got smart and got some gloves, and we're just scraping that thing. The other guy comes by, and he walks in, and he's like, what, what are you doing? Well, we have to get all this paper up. He goes, yeah, but don't you know there's, there's a better way? I'm like... No, no one told me. First time I've ever scraped paper off the floor, okay? He's like, well, hold on a second. And so he's gone for like five minutes. And all of a sudden, he comes in with this machine, and it's got this big sanding thing on it. And he plugs it in, and he pulls a little trigger, and it's ergonom- ergon- ergonomically correct. Is that right? So you can actually stand like this rather than like, I'm tall, right? Here's a reason I have back issues. It's all that house, right? And this, you know, and he just pulls this button and just starts sanding the, the paper off. And I'm just like, praise Jesus. Come on, somebody. Here I am, just just scraping, and I'm just dying. And and man, it was hard work. And I'm not exaggerating. It was it was probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever done. And he comes in, he plugs this little thing and he pulls that trigger and it says and he had this thing knocked out with like in 30 minutes. What would have taken me three years? Took him 30 minutes. And I was just like, why didn't anybody tell me about that machine before? Okay? I think my friend was joking around with me. No, there is no other way. Just keep scraping, right? Here, this guy comes in with this power, power machine. You know what? A lot of us as believers and Christ followers are like me. We're scraping our way through life. We're scraping our way through our circumstances and our situations. And man, we go for a little bit and then we stop. We're just like, man, this is so hard. You know, man, the married life. Man, it's hard. Man, my finances. And, and we're scraping our way through life. And God wants you to know something, that you can have more power in your marriage. You can have more power in your life. You can have more power in your your finances, in your decision making, every area can have more power if you allow the Holy Spirit, come on, to get involved in your life. You'll receive power, and I'm telling you, it'll be just like me. You'll plug in, and all of a sudden you realize, wow, this really isn't that difficult. This really isn't that hard. See, it's those little things sometimes seem so difficult because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to come in our life. We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to come upon us, and so therefore we find ourselves scraping through life, we put on the gloves daily, we pick up our scraper, and we say, I'm going to try to make it through today. I'm just going to, I'm going to try to make it to tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, to get this, this marriage to work out. I'm going to, I'm going to try to overcome this health issue. I'm going to try to do this. You don't have to try. The Holy Spirit is available to you and to me, man, to remodel your life. you believe that, say amen. The Bible says this the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in, yeah, in you. It dwells in you. The same spirit. Now think about how powerful that statement is. The very spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead after he died on the cross. Man, that same spirit dwells in you and I. Why? So that all the issues that we face, man, we don't face them alone. But, man, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And the Bible says wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Wherever there is Spirit, man, the Spirit is, there is joy, there is peace. Are you with me this morning? And some of you here, I believe this on my heart, some of you need this today. And so when you look at that person, you'd say, man, they they have more power than they do. But that same power that you see on them is available to you. If you just open up your heart, open up your life and say, Holy Spirit, man, I'm surrendering to you. I need more of you in my life. Some of you right now, you need some direction for your life. Some of you here this morning, you need a touch in a certain area. You need God to come through. I want to encourage you today, open up your heart, open up your life. I'm telling you, when it gets under the power of the Holy Spirit and things begin to turn around, things begin to change, Acts chapter one. A couple of things real quick. I want you to notice is that when Jesus is talking to his disciples, now if you remember back to last week, the disciples have seen Jesus do a lot of cool things, a lot of miracles. And Jesus told them, hey, even though this is all good, it's better for you that I I go and I I, I send the Holy Spirit. And so now Jesus, having raised from the dead, he's encouraging his disciples, stay here and wait. Wait for the gift. What's the gift going to be? What's the gift going to do? It's what he talked about in John. It's the Holy Spirit's going to come, okay? When the Holy Spirit comes, it says this. John baptized you with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That word baptized in the Greek is baptizo. And it means this, to be immersed or submerged, okay? So it's the same word baptized. When people get baptized in water, what happens? They go under, they get dunked, they come up. This is the same word use that Jesus is using now, and he's saying, look, man, there's another level. There's a full submersion of the Holy Spirit. There is more for you. Now, we believe this, that obviously when we ask Jesus into our life, it's not Jesus that actually is indwelling us, it's the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. So the Holy Spirit comes now, and he dwells inside of us when we get saved. But what Jesus is telling them now, he's saying, look, but there's, there's even more. There's power for your life he says, when you get baptized, when that full submersion comes, look at what happens in in eight. He says this, you will receive power, okay? What is that word power? The word power in the Greek is dunamis, and it means a force, a miraculous power, the explosive power of God. The explosive, I love that. That's the definition, the explosive power of God. It's like putting nitro, come on, in your car, right? And you got that little button. You ever driven a car like that? me neither but in the video game place and you push that little nitro button and your car takes off (laughs) come on who's been to Dave and Buster's knows what I'm talking about y'all need to get out more you know what I mean you're racing all of a sudden you push that button okay think that's the explosive power of the Holy Spirit this is what Jesus wants you to receive it's not just power to get up in the morning come on somebody have you ever had that day before like I just don't feel like getting up okay God give me power to get out of bed Okay. That's a sad day. All right. But we're talking explosive power. That literally when you come and you encounter a problem, you encounter a situation that that can be be so devastating naturally that you can just cruise right through it. Why? It's it's not me. It's not my ability. It's not that I'm that good. It's that the Holy Spirit has baptized me, and I've received explosive power to get through this circumstance, get through this situation, and get to the place that God wants me to be. It's explosive power. When you get fully submersed, man, you receive. This is the Bible now. Okay? Okay? There's an explosive power for you. There's something fantastic for you. And this is what God wants you to have. Let me give this to you real quick and we'll be done. Four distinct ways in which the Holy Spirit gives us power. Four distinct ways in which the Holy Spirit gives us power. First one is this. He gives you power to share Christ boldly. Power to share Christ boldly. 1 Corinthians 2, 4-5. through five. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. It says, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. It says, And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Wow. And my speech was not with just persuasive words or plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit, and then what does it say? In power. God wants you to receive the power that comes to the Holy Spirit to share Christ boldly. Acts 1-8, you'll receive power, and then you'll be a witness. The power comes, and then I'm a witness. As you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, how many of you guys have ever said this before? Like, man, I really want to share my faith with more people. Am I the only one that's, okay. Some of you are like, yeah, I'd like to share, okay. And sometimes there is, you know, that 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 timidness that could come upon us. But when you have the Holy Spirit upon you, listen, you are not just sharing words of advice. You're not just sharing words of wisdom. You are sharing what Christ has done in your life, and the work that has taken place inside of you is supernatural, could not be done outside of God, and you begin to share that, and now people are like, wow, there's something, there's something different. Okay? And so we receive power to share Christ, Christ boldly. When you've been in a service before, and you see people come up for prayer at the end, or maybe someone responds and says, you know, I need Jesus in my life, okay? That wasn't because we used really good words and really good analogies and stories. Because I had some analogies last week that were funny, but they actually didn't work that well. I'm glad I can laugh at myself after the fact. It's great. If you missed last week's message, you can catch it online and laugh at me. And so it's not our persuasive words, it's not our ability to talk somebody into something because if I can talk somebody into something, somebody else can come along and talk them out of it. What is it then? What is the working? Yeah, we understand that no one gets saved unless the word is preached, but what happens is the Holy Spirit is taking those words and and, and literally bringing them to the heart of a person and causing them to make sense here so that they can respond. And so when you see people responding at the end, what is that? That's the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives, bringing them to a place of change and transformation. Okay, We cannot ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys have ever heard somebody like, You know, or like a little voice that said, go do this. You ever, you know, and it's kind of one of, you kind of like write it off like, you know, just an intuition, Yeah. No, it's the Holy Spirit. And we cannot ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit when he begins to tell us to do something, okay. But I want to share this with you also because I think for far too long when we read Acts 1-8, we think that the whole intent of the Holy Spirit coming was just to make us bolder, more radical, and we can win more people to Christ, That is not it. That is a portion of it. But when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what it causes in your life, Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And you can go there and look at them starting in verse, I think, 22. And it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Where's the fruit coming from? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit. How does that come in our lives? It comes because when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll receive power. Power to do what? Power to bear fruit, to be meek, mild, gentle, kind, loving, long-suffering, and all these things. Okay, And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's working inside of you to produce this fruit so now when you share your testimony, your testimony is actually backed up by the fruit of your life. Because see, I've been in too many places and I've, I've heard somebody preach and then I've seen the fruit of their life. And I thought, wow, up on stage, that, that was very powerful. But when I see you hanging out with your family and your wife, I'm like, whoa, where's the fruit of the Spirit, buddy? Okay? And if there is no fruit, what you see on stage is not power at all. It's just persuasive, plausible words of man. Okay? And that's why it's so key that we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. Because let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit cares more about what's happening in here than he does what's happening out here. We will be judged more on the integrity of our heart and the contact of our character than we will by the masses or the crowds we gather. The Bible says, what does, it, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his own soul? God cares about what's going on in here. And he cares about, so when the Holy Spirit, when Acts 1, it says the Holy Spirit comes out you receive power, it's power to bear fruit. It's power to be kind in a situation that you don't want to be kind in. Y'all, know, See, now it's making sense, right? It's power to be long-suffering or patient in a situation that you don't want to be patient in. It's power to be loving in a situation that you don't want to be loving in. And this is the Holy Spirit working inside of our life. Are you with me this morning? Listen to me, there are a lot of natural things that happen in our life and happen to us. And if it was not for the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be able to overcome it. But what happens is as we persevere and and we allow the fruit of the Spirit to be born in our life, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, when you begin to share your testimony, it makes it that much powerful, that much more relevant, and that much more effective. Amen. That's good preaching. Thank you. Okay? I remember when I was in, uh, in college, and I was, I was on the basketball team in, in, in college, and so a lot of people on the campus knew who I was. They knew I was a, a basketball player. And, um, and so because of that, I had more notoriety than some. And so because of that, I was even on extra guard okay, for at least the first year in college, <laughs> and I remember, man, I was just, I was determined that I'm just going to, I'm just going to let, you know, the fruit that's in my life just bear witness to people, and I remember one time when I was in, I was in health class, and they brought in um, a super smart person to talk about sex, <laughs> and a super smart person, yeah, because obviously, you know, when you're college, you know, and so they brought the person in, and they wanted to talk about sex, and they wanted to to, to teach us the, the the you know contraceptives, okay? And so they get up there, and they begin to go through all this stuff now, and they begin to talk about how diseases are running rampant, and you know you want to prevent pregnancy, and you want to do all these things, and so they literally you know they have pictures of everything, and and you know this is you know one, and here's another one, and here's another one, and here's another one, you know, and so she gets done with her spiel. And and the girl sitting next to me raises her hand and goes, well, um, is there any, like, 100% way um, to prevent STDs and to prevent, you know, getting pregnant? And the lady um, at the front, the super smart lady that we brought in, um, says this. Um, no, there is no 100% sure way to avoid getting STDs and to avoid getting pregnant. And I sat there and I was like, that is not true. I was like, that is a lie, and I, I started, and so now, the fruit of the Spirit, right, <laughs> okay, now we're going somewhere with the story. I remember I raised my hand, and I said, excuse me. She goes, yes. I go, did you just say that there's no 100% sure way, and she goes, that's correct, and she tries to move on, and then my hand goes, I was like, <laughs> she comes back, she goes, yes. I go, you're wrong, <laughs> and she kind of snickers, and other people start laughing. And she goes, really, would you enlighten me on how I'm wrong? And I said, yes, super smart lady, I'd like to do that. I actually didn't say that. but I was like, yeah, there actually is. And she goes, what is it? And I said, it's abstinence. is 100% sure way to avoid STDs and to not get pregnant when you don't want to get pregnant. Yeah. And all of a sudden the class is like, yeah, he's pretty smart, you know. But she goes, that is just not Realistic, okay. My hand goes up again. She's getting annoyed with me at this at this point. Okay, I have a way of annoying people when I want to. Okay, I raise my hand again, and she turns. She goes, "Yes," and I said, um, "I'm 20 years old, and it's been realistic for me for the last 20 years. I ain't got nobody pregnant. I ain't got no diseases. You know why?" Because I've been abstinent, okay? Now, the only way I could share that testimony is because the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life, one called long-suffering. <laughs> You're with me now, right? Okay. Because I had plenty of opportunities to get people pregnant. It's gonna be real. I could have I I I I slept with anybody any moment. I'm a good-looking man. Thank you. I could have caught STDs, okay? But you know what? The power of the Holy Spirit was working. You don't think I wasn't tempted? You don't think that I wasn't, okay? Oh, yeah. But the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life, okay? Listen to me. As a young man, that's one of the places you need the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life let just to be honest, okay? I'm telling you right now, if more young people got the power of the Holy Spirit working in their life, we would have more young people staying pure, staying holy, saving themselves from marriage. That's good preaching. Amen. Amen. Number two. Number two. He will give you power when you're weak. He'll give you power when you are when you're weak. He'll give you power when you're weak. Just write down Romans 8, 26. Give you power when you're weak. He prays for you. That you would be filled with strength when you are weak. It's the same scripture where where when we don't know what we ought to pray or how we ought to pray, that the Holy Spirit will pray through us. And then it goes on to say, and, and it begins to talk about when you're weak, He'll also pray for you. And He'll empower you and give you strength when you are weak, and, and I'll tell you what, there are times that when I feel weak and I don't know how to make a good decision, I don't know how to move forward, man, I feel the Holy Spirit coming upon me. You see the Holy Spirit on us in those moments. I'll never forget my dad's memorial service. And I was the last of the four brothers to get up and share. And I got up and shared and I choked back some tears, but I know that I would not have been able to do that if it had not been for the power of the Holy Spirit in that moment of weakness. And then what blew my mind more than that was when my mom got up, just lost her husband of 51 years and gets up and shares her life and his life without one tear at that moment and just shares it and people's lives were impacted and touched. She would never have been able to do that had it not been for the power of the Holy Spirit in that moment to stand up there and share the life of my dad and how that impacted people. That was just, that was just 18 months ago or 16 months ago or something like that. To share that. What is it? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. In the moments when you are weak, the Bible says He is strong. He is strong inside of you. And in your weakest moments, in the moments that you don't feel like you can overcome and you don't feel, guess what? The power of the Holy Spirit's right there. To strengthen you, equip you, encourage you, and push you on. What area are you weak today? Maybe it's not even a moment like that. Maybe there's an area of sin in your life that you just can't seem to conquer. It's your weakness, and you can't seem to get over, and you can't seem to overcome it, and you can't seem to push on beyond that. Allow the Holy Spirit to come inside of you today to empower you in the area that you're weak. Number three, he gives power to be hope in a hopeless world. He gives power to be hope in a hopeless world. Let me read Romans 15, 13 to you. We just finished a series on hope. It says this, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power, remember when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive that dunamis power, of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope how am I going to abound in hope? I'm going to abound in hope when the Holy Spirit is on me. And in the middle of that hopeless situation, in the middle of that hopeless moment, in the middle of that not making sense, I I can't make heads or tails, but I don't know how I'm going to move on, the Holy Spirit will come and He'll create hope inside of your life. Look, you can put hope in a lot of things, but you put hope in anything else other than God, man, it's going to lead you down a path that you don't want to go down. But you begin to put your hope in God. You begin to allow the Holy Spirit to create that hope inside of you. And in the middle of your hopeless situation, God comes through.